0: Welcome to the Propel Podcast. Uh, We're excited to have you here. Today, we are talking about life insurance and um, giving you a a behind-the-scenes look at how it works and potentially answering some questions you might have. Uh, We're lucky to be joined by Matt Benson. He's a certified financial planner with Wellness Financial Advisors in Brentwood, Tennessee. Um, So Matt, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Nick.
0: Um, I think life insurance is one of those topics that people know they need to know more about, but they really put it off. They don't really care to get into the details until they absolutely have to. And I think as we look to improve our financial well-being, it is increasingly important that we understand how life insurance works and how we can use it to our benefit. Uh, It's not just something that... Um, people mandate you have, it's something that can really be a benefit to your life. So, um, Matt, if you could just start off, what is the basic definition and idea of life insurance?
1: That's a great question, too. And and it's not something we all want to talk about or think about, but I think that you have a great um, introduction to the topic here. I, I like to think about life insurance as a contract between time and money there, It's, you know, and I've heard it said before, so I didn't come up with that as as genius as you all might think I am there. It's um, said if you don't have the time, your beneficiaries get to receive the money. And if you have the time, you should be able to accumulate the money over time. So, life insurance provides a lump sum of money to your beneficiaries, your loved ones, at a time when it's usually needed most,
0: we were talking before we uh, started the show about the age of life insurance, and I was I was surprised to hear it's been around for a little while.
1: Yeah, isn't it? It's pretty surprising to hear it, it's this isn't just a construct that was invented a hundred, two hundred years ago um, here in the states. Uh, it's been around since about 1769. There, but we could go back to Roman times to about a hundred years uh, before Christ, actually, the <laughs> first inklings of life insurance. Actually, so this is certainly not something that's recently been invented,
0: yeah. That and that's important to know because, um, obviously. You know, you've also heard it said the only two certain things in life are death and taxes. So uh, we have to kind of address what happens when I die um, and and those close to me. Um, So how would you say that paying for um, life insurance increases someone's financial security? Like how does this actually benefit them while they still are alive?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Usually, life insurance is purchased for others, but there are certainly a lot of uses uh, even for yourself. There, but we'll we'll start off there and say it does provide security for your family, or even a, in a business setting. Um, if you you know own a business or have a business interest there um or are a key person in that business businesses oftentimes will take out life insurance on uh, key people to protect their interest Um, and of course the usual context is to purchase life insurance um, to replace future earnings for your family it also allows you to secure your family with a small amount of money thereby allowing more free cash flow to put toward other uses like accumulating for education funding for your children, um, retirement assets, uh, things like that, purchasing a car. And additionally, uh, almost on all life insurance, you can have different features that provide benefits in the event of a terminal illness um, or fund convalescent or long-term care, which really provides a lot more security. I like to think about it in a lot of ways, like putting the moat around the castle
0: Hmm. Some people uh, might say well you know with insurance I'm having to pay all this money and really I could just be putting that money away so that when I die I have this sum of money that I've I've saved. So by using life insurance you can use uh, a lot of that money that you would have to put to get the same value. You can use that now and, and maybe even make it uh, other investments. But then you're able to give your family that level of cash flow later on.
1: Yeah. The thing that life insurers are able to do that we as individuals are not able to do is pool risk. So they can, based upon your age and your health, They know exactly when they're going to pay out that benefit across large numbers of people. And us individually, we do not know when that's going to happen. So it's more difficult for an individual to say, well, I'm going to set aside, you know, this small amount of money on a regular basis and accumulate that. And, you know, 30 years from now or 50 years from now, I'll have that same amount of money. Well, The issue is, what if we don't have that time? What if we don't have 30 years or 50 years and whatnot? So the life insurance allows you to do that um, gradually in essence.
0: Right, so with a life insurance policy, when I start paying my premium, that death benefit goes into effect immediately?
1: Exactly, exactly you put forth that first small amount of money, let's say it's a monthly premium or annual premium, you have that large sum of money that's available to be paid out to your beneficiaries in the event, God forbid, you got, you know, got into an accident the very next day, that sum of money is available to be paid out uh, in most jurisdictions, assuming the policy is set up correctly, tax-free, unattachable by creditors. So mm-hmm. that is a very, very powerful tool uh, financially for your family.
0: Let's talk about the different types because you, you made a, a couple of comments about um, you know something that's a whole life policy or, or being able to just have the death benefits. So um, if you could break down the differences between a term life policy and a whole life policy, I think that will help us understand the different ways that you can let, use life insurance just beyond paying out your beneficiaries when you die.
1: So you, exactly, you have term insurance, and then we'll we'll say the word permanent insurance. So within permanent, there is whole life; it's the most traditional form. There, uh, then you have also universal life and variable life policies, and there there are some derivatives of universal life policy and variable life policies. But the easiest way to think about permanent insurance overall. And, and term insurance is, I like to use the analogy of a home, renting versus owning. And we'll start with term insurance because term insurance is very similar to renting. You, when you make an arrangement on a term life insurance policy, you're, you set the rate for a term of years. Just similar to renting, renting a, a property. You might say, well, okay, I want a, I want it in one year increments where the premium goes up in one year increments or five year level or 10 or even 20, or the longest is 30 years where you set the premium and it stays level for that period of time. At the end of that period with most carriers, the policy will renew the next year, but the premium will increase. The longer the level number of years, the higher the increase would be in the subsequent years. For instance, let's say you have a 20-year term, the premium will stay exactly level for 20 years, and the 21st year, the premium will jack up quite a ways. Something interesting with term life insurance is that generally, let's say for a 20-year term, you're in essence overpaying for about the first 12 years where the insurance company is taking that extra money and they're subsidizing that increased cost for that about the remaining eight years of that 20 year term. Most people usually don't even hold on to that term insurance policy for really when the time a level premium is is really going to pay off that latter half there. But similar to renting, if you cancel the policy, whether it's in the first year, 10th year, um, after the level premium payment period, there's no residual equity in the policy and on a traditional just term policy. there are, There is a derivative of term insurance where they have a return of premium at the end of the level number of years. So let's say we go back to our 20-year term illustration on a lot of times on these return or premium on the 20th, end of the 20th year, you would get premiums refunded back to you, but you are paying an additional amount to have that feature there. Term insurance um, is neither one of term or permanent is uh, inherently one is inherently right or wrong. It depends on what you're seeking to use that for there. I think. Um, Term insurance um, is is probably the highest number of policies that are being sold. And across large numbers of people, term insurance is probably the most appropriate, but term insurance like renting, when you stop paying the premium, there's no, no residual value. So that's something you wanna keep in mind is, how much do I really want to use this? And um, knowing that I, unless I pass away within that that period of time that I'm holding the term insurance, I'm not getting any residual value for myself here. So now let's jump to now we have some idea of the term insurance and sort of renting. Now we'll go to the owning side of the equation, the permanent policies. And this, this is where, you know, put your seatbelt on because there's a lot more information <laughs> here and a lot more complexity on permanent insurance. Um, permanent insurance is you you do pay a premium for a certain number of years for the most part. Um, you can pay it for a lifetime where the premium never changes. You can structure it to where you pay it only for a certain number of years, but you still maintain coverage for life, like maybe 10 years or 15 or 20 um, to age 65, things like that. You can structure it, but you still maintain coverage for life. Interestingly, the the premiums are much larger for uh, permanent insurance than than term insurance is. Initially, um, it is usually on average, and this is I, I get I get in trouble using generalities, but in general, it's about ten times more premium for a. Permanent policy than a term policy you might say, "Wow, well that sounds uh, that sounds like a bad deal." Well, just as there's the premiums are exponentially higher, the uses can be exponentially higher because now you're not talking about maybe I might pass away with a term insurance policy within the years I'm holding the term. With a permanent policy, you know, last time I checked. 10 out of 10 people die right so (laughs) just a bit of humor to to lighten the lighten the load on life insurance but with a permanent policy you know that everyone's going to pass away and if you have you know you're going to pass away now you it takes a different angle on the life insurance and now you can use that permanent policy as a part of legacy planning and estate planning Um, charitable planning there you can use that life insurance to uh, possibly pay for convalescent or long-term care that you have there are a large number of tax benefits that come from utilizing permanent insurance Um, interestingly the largest buyers of life insurance are wealthy older wealthy people and the approach is is that if i can put an amount of money into this life insurance, a smaller amount of money, that creates a really large tax-free amount of money. Well, I could possibly get that money to be paid outside of my estate. I could have that go to a charity. I could go to that, have that go inside of a trust to my grandchildren. So there are are a number of uses within permanent policies, um, but keep in mind it's exponentially more. Just to, so, so if we're, if we're good there, um, how about I jump into little differences of those permanent policies?
0: Yeah, let's yeah. do it because I think okay. most people they are used to the term concept because we do it for our cars, our health, our home. We're paying this amount of insurance, and as soon as we stop paying, the coverage stops. Um, and so, I think people are less familiar with how whole life can benefit them, especially because, um, at least in the United States, there are a number of voices that will tell you by term insurance, not permanent insurance. And perhaps there's a little bit of fear that comes along with embarking on a, a permanent insurance policy.
1: That's a great point. And- I think our disclaimer that we should include in here is that these are financial tools. um just like other tools, whether it be a you know Phillips head screwdriver or a hammer, you wouldn't solve every problem with a hammer or a Phillips head screwdriver. You know permanent insurance is a financial tool. it's It's neither good nor bad. It's really about the uses. For it, and if it it fits uh, the use that somebody might have for it, so um, within permanent insurance, right there, are, there are the options are you do you have whole life insurance policies, and that tends to be very heavy on the, on guarantees. It's a conservative, and we'll use the word asset that you could really use over your lifetime. There, well it's also a long-term vehicle. And if somebody has a short-term need for life insurance, whole life for the most part is really not going to fit. Well, there. Um, The other options than whole life is universal life, which many have used the term to call that term to age 100, meaning you can have it for age 100 or even beyond age 121. But it accu- accumulates little to no cash value, but it's just providing guaranteed coverage. So, certainly, there are uh, entertainers in the media, um, financial entertainers, is what I would call them, um, that would be proponents for term insurance. So, in this case, if somebody says, Well, I think you have a need for coverage for a lifetime, well, a universal life policy, even though it's a permanent policy, um, would acts ax- a lot like a term insurance policy and that it accumulates no cash value to it. The other third option is a variable life policy, which is very interesting in that it involves universal life where it's kind of coverage for life, but then it involves investments and we can't call them mutual funds. They're, They're called separate accounts there but they act and smell and look a lot like a mutual fund or an ETF there uh, where you can have money invested in market-driven investments you know uh, stocks bonds uh, money markets things like that and um, individual use individuals use that quite a bit to accumulate money um, in a tax deferred and creditor protected method and seek to use those policies many times for retirement income um, or legacy legacy planning so there's a few different flavors in there of permanent insurance and I think it's important to think about what your needs are um, and the use of these different policies whether it is appropriate I would recommend working with advisors, whether that is a certified financial planner, um, other types of uh, brokers, advisors, CPAs, um, even attorneys, um, or I think they call them uh, barristers, right, in the UK <laughs> there, uh, but working with somebody who has some experience with these different products and what might be most appropriate for you.
0: Right. And that that is a great disclaimer because, as you get more into the nuances of life insurance, they can be set up in many different ways. Many um, insurers have you know, several different things you can add or subtract. Uh, and that actually gets to another question. Um, a term that goes along with life insurance frequently is a term uh, rider. So Matt, what is a rider? Yeah, we're
1: all of a sudden thinking of riding horseback on the beach and getting (laughs) some great imagery there. And then we make a right turn and talk about additional features that you can have on a life insurance policy. So some of those additional features or riders that you can put on a policy would be things like a disability waiver of premium, which what that means is in the event of a disability, the insurance company waives the premium for as long as you're disabled or to a certain period of time in fact my very first client he has been on a a waiver of premium for about uh, 15 years there and really really happy that he has that waiver of premium on the policy since he has not been working he, he lost his hearing completely uh, other riders to have on the policy are there there even the use of using an other insured rider is what some p- companies call that and that might be something like adding your spouse onto the policy with additional coverage on her there's also uh, additional accidental death policy uh, riders which add an additional amount in the event of certain forms of of accidents here highly specific. There are also, as I'd mentioned about convalescent care or long-term care, there are long-term care riders, which allow you to use the death benefit to pay for long-term care, which is a really neat feature and something more recent in the life insurance industry.
0: So you're paying extra for these riders in many cases, correct?
1: Most of the time you do pay an extra amount most policies today include a uh, terminal illness rider or some call it an accelerated death benefit rider for free on most term policies and I believe almost all permanent policies include that and what that is is in the event you were diagnosed with a terminal illness you could Receive up to seventy-five to ninety percent of the death benefit before you pass away, and in essence, puts a lien against the death benefit. And then after somebody passes away, they minus that. The insurance company minuses that from the from the overall death benefit. Sort of fulfilling the bucket list, you would
0: say. Right. <laughs> Well, those things, I think, really do help you to customize it to your needs. And we, again, come back to please talk to an advisor of some type um, and and even talk to a couple of them just to see um, what their opinions are. Um, Your situation is different from others. Um, And I guess to conclude our conversation, Matt, if I am preparing to get life insurance, how do I decide how much life insurance I need? Maybe I kind of know which policy I want to take out or um, I guess we could keep it general and say I'm gonna go get a term policy. How do I select how much coverage I'll need?
1: That's a great question. And there are mainly two main ways to calculate The need for life insurance. One of them is called survivor needs analysis. Some people might call that capital needs analysis. And the other is called human life value. You can find these calculators uh, most of the time online Um, if you do a search for, um, even if you just put in, you know, life insurance calculator there or human life value calculation. Let me expound on what the two of those are. So a human life value calculation takes what your current income is times your working years and discounts it back to a present value. And that gives you a true earnings replacement number versus survivor needs analysis, which looks at what are the needs that I have for my family? and takes what those needs are and my other wishes. For instance, let's say I said, I want to fund my children's education as well in addition to my current family's uh, income needs. And I want to add in a donation to my alma mater there and cover burial cost to a certain amount of money. uh, It calculates all of that together to give you a a different number. And, And the two of those calculations, the survivor needs analysis and the human life value can really have a large disparity between the two. When I run these for my clients, usually I might end up finding a middle ground between the two of those numbers. I feel like that really uh, covers most of what people are looking for as well as providing a little bit of room for change in their financial world going forward because think about when you're purchasing life insurance, you might be thinking out 10, 15, 20, 30 years plus out in the future you may not want to sequester your decision just to what your need is right now and more thinking of over the long term what your needs are
0: Mm -hmm. here absolutely matt thank you for joining us on this I, i learned a lot um and i know um our our audience did as well uh matt you know he's with wellness financial advisors in tennessee however he is a license to sell in um, several states. Um, so we'll make sure that that is in the description of this episode. But uh, Matt, you, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and uh, from all of us here at Propel, be well.